0: This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.
1: Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Tubular, guys. Tubular.
0: Now we're getting chili fries, salsa fries, dirty fries, cheesy fries, guacamole fries. I only wanted to be the
1: kicker. This is a spicier meat to bottle of a podcast. Well, welcome to the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast we bring you the latest Chargers news, we preview and review every Chargers game, and we bring you the hottest off season takes around. Well, it's deep into the off season, you know, we're a little bit distracted with the wonderful Euros going on. For you Americans, that's for the uh, the uh, European version of football going on over here um, but you know there's still charges content there's still plenty going on as the charges under Staley rebuild uh, following Lin's departure and we see how the new look charges will be coming into the new season um, we're going to bring you a little mini cap update we're going to talk about who we think the MVP could be everyone's got their own take we um, quite a bit of an update maybe the saints maybe we, we're trying to copy and paste what they've been doing the last few years and we're going to come with some around the nfl hot takes for you um there'll be hopefully some eating of hats and maybe it isn't my turn this time um, i am joined by my three wonderful co-hosts first of all mr london boy it is john Waz junior Buenos dias, boys Every time. He's got a Spain shirt on. He's culturally appropriating my nation. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it is the first time I can say this, because he's no longer in Costa Rica. It is Cali Boy, John s Tubular, guys. Tubular. Um, <laughs> it's good
2: to be back in California. I just want to say, uh, you can take the boy out of Costa Rica, but you can't take the Costa Rica out of the boy. So I'm sitting here drinking a, a <laughs> nice cold
1: brew coffee and i'm ready to go baby <laughs> amazing and we have colchester cheek it is tanking
3: hey buzz how you doing
1: i've missed you i missed all of you it's been a little while you know it's not as uh, lively in the off season is it there's, there's not much going on but there is plenty plenty to talk about um and you know, we, while we're distracted with the Euros, John, we've we've had super spy international super spy John airs back in California, keeping an eye on the charges. So for us that have been, you know, enjoying the Euros, um, big up to Spain and their big win today, uh, John. What on earth's been going on for the charges in in their camp?
2: I I don't like the assumption that I'm not watching the Euros. Um. Uh, <laughs> I happen to enjoy a lot of what you guys call football, but you know, I think anybody who understands sports calls soccer. Um, I mean, the greatest coach in, in soccer history, Ted Lasso calls it soccer. So that's what I'm going to call it. Um, but Ted
3: Lasso, what a guy,
2: what a guy. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping to see him on the sidelines of a, of a professional team here sometime soon. Cause he's just, he's a motivator of men. I'll say that. Um, but Yes, that is true. I've been uh, following along when I can. And, uh, you know, these mini camps and training camps are in Costa Mesa, which is just in my back door here in Orange County. So when I get a chance, I try to peek over the fence there at Ikea, uh, (laughs) which is across the street from the field. So, uh, (laughs) you know, they don't exactly give me press credentials necessarily. So I got to get whatever uh, view I can. But uh, it's been an exciting camp. Uh, I, I don't know how much you guys have been following personally, but I've really been interested in specifically any bits and crumbs of information I can get on the new offensive and defensive uh, game plan. So, you know, I I think from an offensive standpoint, I think we all kind of knew that uh, Lombardi was going to be bringing over a lot of that Saints offense. But the question was, how much? You know, was it going to just be a replica of the Saints offense? But, you know, maybe they changed some of the calls, you know, some of the terminology just so that, you know, the Saints don't know exactly what they're running. Uh, Is he going to have some sort of hybrid of these other offenses? Because, you know, if there's one thing Staley has done well, it's fill his staff with guys who have experience all over, uh, the NFL. So, uh, what we've, what we've heard from players is that, you know, the guys like Jared Cook, um, and other guys who've worked within the saints offense have, have commented that Lombardi really has brought over a lot of those same passing concepts. And I say passing concepts, because what's really interesting is that, um, you know, you got Corey Lindsley, who, um, was talking about his time, uh, recently in green bay where their head coach is a shanahan disciple and he says that the run uh, schemes that they've got set up the blocking schemes for the running game are uh, are very similar and very comfortable for him to what he was doing in green bay so what that's telling me is that they're bringing over that san francisco running game to a certain degree as well so we're going to have some sort of hybrid offense of uh saints offensive passing attack and the rushing attack of the 49ers. And I'll tell you what, having, you know, watched both of those offenses, you know, uh, quite a bit this last few years, I'm pretty excited because both of them run some pretty uh, interesting things. Um, The Saints really, uh, what they're known for is going out there and trying to confuse defenses by throwing lots of looks at them. That means they're not coming out in in a a standard two and three wide receiver sets over and over again. They're not setting up in power eye, you know, just when they want to ram the ball up the middle. They're putting guys out wide, lots of motion, lots of guys in the flat. You know, they, they do a lot of things to disguise what they're doing and really kind of fool. Yeah, people.
3: lots of bunches as well.
2: Yes, lots of bunches. Yes, exactly. Because really what they want to do is they they want to throw a look at you that makes you really commit You know, to whether you're doing you know a zone or or a direct man defense. So I think what it's really going to do is this this defense or this offense more than anything is going to help Herbert kind of be able to see what exactly the defense across from him is going to be doing, even if they try to hide it. So um, very excited, John. Just a
0: quick just a quick one on that. I'm super excited, like yourself. You know, the the analogy I'm going to give on this is. Under previous uh, Chargers head coaches, we had salted fries on both sides of football. Now we're getting chili fries, salsa fries, dirty fries, cheesy fries, fries, guacamole fries, jalapeno fries. You name it, we're, we're going to get a whole Smorgasbord of, of offense and defensive plays. But a slight concern is, do you think our playbook could be too complicated?
2: I mean, that is going to be a risk, right? So one of the reasons the Saints offense has done so well is, yes, that it's very creative. Yes, they've they've come up with some kind of complex system to fool defenses, but you need somebody at the helm who can manage it, right? Someone who's smart enough to manage. And that's always been Drew Brees. Drew Brees has always been a cerebral quarterback. He's been known for his intelligence, his ability to pick apart defenses. And what I've heard from multiple players, well, not I've heard directly, but quotes from multiple players, um, is just raving about the intelligence of Herbert and how well he's picked things up you know we even had a player talk you know Linsley talk about you know how he sees guys you know rookies really struggle with certain things and he hasn't seen that from Herbert Herbert makes a mistake and then he learns from it and it doesn't happen again so you know uh Jared Cooks to the same
0: thing yeah and and I I, yeah and I think we we said this didn't we uh in, in the in the prior to the draft you know Herbert it's okay having an athletic uh, and a um, um, a technical quarterback, but if he hasn't got if he hasn't got the mindset, if he hasn't got the mental aptitude to follow that through, there's going to be a problem. And I think, as we've said before, Herbert's got it all, and you, you can see that. I mean, I think Corey Lindsley's come out, Jared Cook's come out in the, in mini camp, and said Herbert's just grasping it. Um, he makes a mistake and he doesn't do it again, and that's exactly what you want to hear coming out of your building. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, and you know, what's really exciting was uh, when I heard the news that Drew Brees was going to be coming to camp, and he did. He showed yep. up for a day or two and was there kind of talking with Lombardi, obviously, but also, you know, spending time with Herbert, you know, really teaching him the nuances of, of that passing offense, you know, really passing on a lot of that knowledge. And that's what you want, right? I mean, more than anything for Herbert, his development is going to be, one, on the coaching staff to ensure they keep pushing him harder, getting him to, you know, get outside his comfort zone to get better at things that he needed to get better at. And two is having some sort of a mentor, having somebody help guide him through the NFL learning process, and you know, I I don't know what Drew Brees' plans are for the upcoming season, but man, I'd love uh, for them to extend some sort of you know quarterback coach consulting contract to him and have him just in that quarterback room all year long. I mean, that would be an amazing thing for for uh, Herbert. But I, I still think even just the day that he was there, I'm sure that. You know, with as smart uh, as Herbert is and as quickly as he picks things up and he's just a sponge out there, I bet he just kind of picked Drew's brain and really got got a lot out of it. So that's all really exciting stuff. If, if, I, if I'm
0: Eckler or Keenan Allen or any of the other offensive weapons, I'm thinking, do you know what, this season for me is going to be, um, uh, you, you know, a personal record, uh, yardage, uh, touchdowns, etc., uh, those guys would be super hyped up, uh, ready for week one of 2021.
3: And was it was it Lombardi who was talking about Mike Williams as well, saying that he's got a real opportunity here to shine as the X receiver, yeah. following on from what happened with uh, was it Thomas in New Orleans playing in the same role in that system. Yeah, that- so you got you got to expect big things from Big Mike as well, hopefully. Unless you're John Ayres, in which case you want him to cut and
1: think he's awful. Isn't that right, John? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, if,
2: if we could recoup all that money, I, I wouldn't be so sad if they cut him um he's a great talent he's a great number two receiver and honestly if, if they get him into that michael thomas role and he can fit in there uh and, and he can make something happen that'd be great but i think what people think they think oh michael thomas he's 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 a big strong receiver he can go up get 50 50 balls he can you, he can present a, a big target for his quarterback yes Mike uh michael williams can do all those things but michael thomas is also a better route runner and is better a better separator in my opinion and those are two things that i think Williams has struggled with since getting to the NFL, and I just don't know if he's going to change those things. So, you know, personally, you you, you drafted Palmer, I think, to be that, you know, Mike Williams' replacement, and, and it really would not surprise me to see Palmer slide right into that Michael Thomas role when when uh, Mike Williams' contract is up if, uh, if they don't resign him. I mean, they could still resign him. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I think they should make every effort to bring him in. Just, you know, I, I just don't want them to overpay him because, you know, his production uh, has not really – you know, borne out that he should be paid as a top 30 receiver. So, you know, again, we'll see how that goes. I think,
0: I think that's a segue as well to, to talk about our sort of standout players, you know, Keenan Allen's deemed as a top 15, top 12 wide receiver, not top 10, you know, same with, same with Eckler, you expect people like George Kittle um, and the, the likes of those um, to, to make an immediate impact. And I think a lot of the Chargers players can go sort of under that sort of tier one radar with not too much expectation outside the the building, and I think that could play into our own hands. You know, it's not like we've just gone unsigned signed um, somebody like uh, Christian McCaffrey, who's come to revolutionise our offense uh, in the ground game, and he, the, you know he's got the weight of of, of the franchise on his shoulders. I don't see that with any of our players uh, on the offence this season. And it's interesting to see what Brandon Staley said about uh, Donald Parham's junior. I think they're going to work really hard with him in the off-season, pre-season. Yeah, Bez has has been talking about him for a long time. I'm really interested to see how he can learn from Jared Cook uh, and and take his game forward uh, next season. Because players like him are going to be vital, especially with an extra game. You know, I think we've got our bye games a bit too early you know, we, we've got a tough uh, stretch of games coming our way. And I, and I think that silly, it's not a silly cliche, but that overused cliche of next man up, I think that's going to be really important this season.
1: <clears throat> no, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll pick up on what you were saying a little while ago, John. Um, you agreed with was that it's complicated. You know, it's it's not a, a vanilla playbook. And I think you know I, I've mentioned this before. Sophomore slump is staring us right in the face unless it's handled nope. right. But you know I've predicted it, but you've all you've all shot me down and said it's not happening. And Herbert's not happening, Bez. No chance. Yeah, but, uh, do we think? And I I will go back to to looking at Herbert at college. He's a smart kid. You know, if anyone can take a playbook and 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 do well with it and absorb it and, and make the most of it it's him because he has the academic credentials to go with it and bringing in Drew Brees as a veteran to just say look I know this offence come and sit with me kid I mean I know we were, I, I assumed the veteran coming into camp was going to be Rivers to sign his one year contract before retiring but uh, <laughs> Brees coming in to train uh, Justin is, is just as good for me I mean what do we think Brees can bring Dan do you think Brees is, is coming in to sort of say to Justin here's how you run it or or is is he coming in for that arm on the shoulder um you know talking about the franchise talking about the NFL career Uh, which way do you think it's going to go
3: I think he's just going to be there as a call when necessary I think you need Herbert to have that freedom this is his job it's his offense he needs to be the one determining what he does with it based on the plays he's being given um yeah Drew Brees will be an Inexhaustible source of knowledge to talk to, but I don't think we need to worry about Breeze <clears throat> being a part of the system to help. He's
0: my, my understanding was that he was there for either CBS or yeah. NBC. Um, so whether or not he's got he's got an open dialogue now with Justice, so look, mate, here's my cell phone number. Just call me as you need. I, I don't know. You've got to imagine there's something it, there
3: with Joe Lombardi yeah, I mean, at least. It,
0: yeah, I mean, even if it was just a 48, 72 hour sort of, um, you know, get together, I think any exposure that Herbert can get to a uh, a proven veteran has to be a good thing, because as good as Herbert is, and, and as an intelligent as he is, it's experience where he lacks... And there's going to be times during his career, possibly this season, where he has a slight dip in form and all sportsmen go through it. And it's how you dig yourself out of that hole uh, and, and get back to the level what, what, you know what is expected of you, I suppose.
3: And there's so many former Chargers quarterbacks that you could call on as well. I mean, you look at... Ryan Leaf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got experience in some aspects, but I was thinking more like the, the energy... And the positivity of Doug Flutie, you've then got the the Oregon links with Dan Fouts and you've got the fantastic Philip Rivers, who you've got to imagine. Like his heart is in San Diego, he will still have contacts with the team and Justin Herbert.
2: What, no love for St. Humphreys or what? Uh, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that was
1: was our guy. <laughs> before before our time, us young lads. Um, so, so Dan, right? You are now the quarterback of the Chargers you I only wanted to and... be the kicker. <laughs> I've promoted. You. promoted you. Um, and it's coming up against a big Chiefs game. Playoffs are coming up. You know, it's it's the AFC Championship. against the Chiefs. Do you pick up the phone and ring Breeze for advice? Is it Rivers you're ringing, or do you think really you need to make a call to Torod Taylor? Which one?
3: Uh, I'm going to the quarterback room and I'm talking to Chase Daniels.
0: If i well, to be fair, if you're going to ask that one to me, Bez, If I'm visiting the trainers' room, I'm speaking to Tyrod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of veterans there that, that he can rely on. I think he's going to have to rely on his staff. He, it'll be an interesting transition. One of the big narratives that we see, um, you know, going back to mini camp, John. You know, how do you think you know the relationship between Herbert and his wide receivers is flourishing? Is it struggling? Do you think, or do you think that extra time in mandatory training camp is going to reap the rewards uh, going into the rest of the offseason into the into the preseason
2: i think uh you know the valuable time that a quarterback can spend building a rapport with his receivers um you know i, I don't think you can put a price tag on that you know, as i say i think it's invaluable and it is it's great for them to get a full camp in this year uh, including you know mandatory mini camp and the training camp coming up because you know getting getting Herbert on the same page with all of his guys really getting that intimacy and that connection going is important you know there was a report out that you know Herbert hadn't even thrown a pass to uh Allen uh, until the, the until he came into the game against Kansas City and again makes sense as I was saying again you know uh, Lynn had no desire to it was never a you know, uh, uh, last year was never an opportunity for Herbert to start. Lynn had no desire to make him a starter. He was the backup. You know, there was never really a competition, no matter what Lynn said. So, you know, because of that, you know, Herbert was getting reps with third team and then some second team, but never first team. So, um, you know, that's very explainable. You know, this year completely different. He's the entire offseason He's spending with the first team. He's getting to understand how they like to run their routes. You know, what are their hitches in their routes? You know, what's the timing, right? Like the timing is so important to understanding when they're going to break what, you know, uh, understanding their decision process when you've got, you know, a hot route or, or you've got some sort of, you know, kind of wide receiver choice, right? He, he's got multiple routes. He can choose to run and just understanding, you know, why is he making a decision to run inside instead of break it outside? You know, those are all things that I think, you know, you can watch as much tape as you can but really having the opportunity to throw it to the guys and and really see how they how they move in in live action during practice i think you can't you, you can't replace that so you know it, it's it's so good to see you're seeing the social media all these you know all these little throws to them and and all these like fun little clips there's a great clip on online of of, uh, of keenan allen trying to hold herbert's uh feet while he's doing kind of a reverse sit-up thing so i yeah. mean yeah, those that. are all yep. things he was not getting last year, heading into the season, and you know I think it's really important. I, I think you can dial that back even further as well, John. I mean,
0: uh, you know, I've, I've 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 been a leader in the workforce uh, for a long time, having come from the military and now into civilian workforce. So one of the things that I do fastidiously is spend time on the shop floor and get to know people and build that trust. And I, and I believe that Staley's been pulling players into his office and not even talking about football. You know how's life? How you know what what you doing? You know in spare time? You know what makes you tick? And that's building trust already, and it and it's it's building cohesion. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head last year, John. You know, Lynn was a very sort of autocratic leader, very standoffish. You know, it, it's football and that's it. Where Staley's trying to. Get on the players' level and and build a rapport with them. End of the day, he's the he's the boss. He he's the coach, and they they all know that. But the fact that he's now built trust with the players by saying, you know, I've, I've you know, have you got any issues at home? Um, is life good? Is there anything I can help you with? He he's bonding with the players, and that can only be a good thing for for team morale, for cohesion, and you're going to get two to three percent more performance out of a team. Just because of the way that the leadership uh, um, uh, model works, so that's all good. You
3: mentioned the word coach there as well, and it's an important thing to to note that the definition of like coaching is setting people up to succeed, putting people in positions yeah. where they can win, and that seems from all the comments so far out of camp that seems like what's going on both sides of the ball with the change away from Gus Bradley's system to this three-four that has the more two high safeties giving derwin a bit more room to roam and giving Naz a bit of the same role as derwin and i mean chris harris has said he's I mean, out there playing in three <clears throat> positions during practices
1: yeah so dan you don't think drew tranquil should be on tyreek hill then that, that seems to be a
3: mistake you <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'd like to see them in a foot race first
1: <laughs> it, it just goes to show though you know we always said this why on earth are our uh, linebackers getting on some of the fastest wide receivers in the game uh, it just seems to be a mistake on defense that wasn't corrected, and all the time Gus Bradley was was, D, was DC, um, you know. And Tranquil's is already saying we need to be in a position to succeed. Going up against those guys isn't. So uh, you know, I'm excited about that. Um, one big thing I'm really interested in is to see, and we haven't heard too much about it, but you know, when this hire came with Staley, we we, we were told this was to bring us into the 21st century to start using analytics. Putting the team in a place to, to to compete at the highest level, you know, I'm just interested to see how a quarterback like um, Herbert under Staley, with all the analytics, is going to be able to thrive. And interestingly, on the flip side, how is how is Bosa going to thrive when we're starting to put him in those um, in those fronts? You know, we don't have the same. We we're going to be like the Saints, but we aren't going to be the like the Saints D, which is all blitz packages. So you know. I'm interested to see the narrative on how our D adapt to the analytics to Staley. Um, we didn't think it it didn't quite get built as we thought. I mean, was do you think the D can succeed under Staley, or, or is it a project and it will take a little while? I think it. I think it's going to be a project. I think
0: I. I, I do think that we are light up front. Um, obviously, losing Melvin Ingram, we. He, he wasn't at his best last year, I appreciate that. But when him and Bozo were in tandem, getting to quarterback, I think we looked we, looked, we looked quite good. Um, so I'm a, I'm a bit bit sceptical about how we're going to pressure the quarterback. And we've already learned that Bozo's going to drop back uh, into coverage at, at times. Um, I think it is a project. I think defensive end will be our number one uh, target in next year's draft. But also on the flip side of that, I think Chris Harris junior I'll have a uh, better second season with the Chargers, and if Derwin James stays fit, that's a brand new player for us. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, I think we'll have enough strength to cope, and and I think the strength on our team lies with the offense. So it's it, you know there's going to be a bit more impetus on them to do more with the football, and if we can just if we could just improve, you know, two, three, four, five percent, that is going to be the way forward. Um, I think we've already mentioned the fact that the playbook's going to be a lot bigger. We're not going to see um, uh, repetition of plays and we, we're going to get matchups that sort of work as, as opposed to putting a a linebacker against a, the, the fastest wide out on, on the opposition. So I think it's definitely work in progress, but I don't think it's going to be laboured. I, I think we're going to see massive improvements week one, two and three, but I, I think it might take two to three years to see a let's say a top AFC defence I don't want to say a top NFL defence because look it's, it's a competitive league but we're, we're going to have to start being in the in the top sort of uh five or six categories in, in most areas if we're going to make a deep
1: run into playoffs yeah I I I, I couldn't agree more so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you on, on that note I'm going to challenge you all and you listeners, you can join in at home, uh, but each of you, I want a, an MVP. Based on everything you know, your gut feeling, limited information so far, but I want who is your predicted MVP, either side of the ball, all or, or, or three phases of the game, um, who are you thinking is going to be the most valuable player for the Chargers, starting with John Ayers?
2: Hmm, That's a good question. I think, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, openness here um, for the team. I think defensive side of the ball, I mean, there's Bosa obviously should be a heavy favorite for MVP. Uh, I think Derwin James, obviously, if if he stays healthy, could easily be the MVP of this team, just the way he he can move in and out. Um, So I I think you've got those guys there, the obvious choices, Uh, same thing on the offensive side, obvious choice, Herbert or or, or Allen, Um, you know, coming in, being an MVP for those teams. But you know, it, it, if you're going to ask me right now who I would vote for as the MVP of the team at the end of the season, who I think is going to end up being the biggest piece, it might be somebody who doesn't have the eye-popping stats that, you know, you expect from an MVP, whether that's sacks, interceptions, tackles, or whatever. Um, but I really think that Corey Lindsley is going to be the MVP of this team. I think the addition of this, of the big center... Um, you know, is going to solidify the line. His veteran presence is going to help bring Rashawn Slater, you know, make that jump easier. I think that it's going to make the entire offense better from a run game and a pass game. So I, I think Linsley is easily going to be my MVP, uh, you know, candidate at the end of the season. And I, and I don't think it's going to be close um, because I don't think anyone's going to have as big of an impact on the offense as he will.
1: Was who's yours?
0: To me, it's it's gonna it's a man that I think is the hungriest person on the team, and we've already spoke about him due to injuries, he's not played as much as we wanted. I think it's gonna be doing James. I think you're gonna see, he's gonna go above and beyond to excel on the field, um, and if he can play as good as we know he we can, <laughs> well, boy, the offense have got a they've got a tough time. Um, I do agree with John. I think Corey Lindsay is a great shout. And there's a reason why we brought him in at centre. But I just think that the way that you see Derwin training, look, you look at sportsmen throughout the years, the ones that get repetitive injuries, and a lot of them, they can't handle the knockbacks or setbacks. I've been there myself with a, um, a back injury in the past, and it's disheartening. All you see with Derwin James is a man that wants to train, train, get fitter, get better, get stronger, uh, and, and play football. So I think he's going to come out all guns blazing. We just need to keep him healthy for seventeen regular season games, and hopefully
3: beyond that in in the playoffs. Yeah, we need Derwin James to elevate um, Adderley's play as well. Hopefully, um, but the well the guy I was going to go for was Lindsley, um, but I'm going to say. Um, the guy who will now get to do more of what he did in college, which is run downhill at offensive players, and that's Kenneth Murray.
1: Good shout! Really good choice. Ooh, I love,
3: I love
2: that. I love that pick.
3: Just, just the knowing the from his quotes so far that he feels like he's got more freedom and he's more excited about playing this year in this defense, um, and that the three four he- lets him just go at it, which is what he wants to do. He,
0: like many of other players last season, were inhibited by the coaching, by the playbook, by the decisions during game time. And I think we're going to eradicate all that this year. Uh, And, and, uh, you you know, uh, talk's cheap if you don't do the do on the pitch, on on the field. But that's a really good shout, Dan.
3: It's a better shout than this beer is beer, because this is not good. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't done drinks this no, week. but just to, <laughs> just to it's fill it's... you in, I'm drinking a Brewdog Mallow Laser Quest, which is Marshmallow oh. and Pineapple Hazy IPA.
1: You see, I don't know if we can we can talk about Brewdog hour, after the controversies. Yeah. <laughs> an hour and a half ago
3: it was cold. Now it's it's kind of like a warm marshmallow disgustingness.
1: You can blame me for that. You can blame me for sleep falling asleep next to my beer. Bez, who's your... Bez
3: is, is your... Instead.
1: There you go. There, there we... you go. But.
0: Be- Baz, who's your uh, MVP?
1: Um, I, I think you're all wrong. I'm going. I'm going magical. <laughs> I'm going special. I think you're going, going kicker, aren't you?
0: I'm going Badgley. <laughs> Oh, I, I knew it. I knew he's it. He's going to make all it, his,
1: uh, his, his his kicks under forty yards, and he's going to make a couple of long ones, and he's going to win us games. And I'm going to do the Badgley dance as he makes us money. <laughs> trust, trust the you. The only way he'll make all that. his kicks
3: is if we don't get in a position where we need to kick because we're just scoring so many touchdowns.
0: Yeah. When we've dropped to
1: 50 on the Chiefs,
0: you know what I
3: mean? He's not going to have
1: just... to take a single field goal because Herbert's going to be so efficient. <laughs> we're just going for it off oh, fourth oh, sp- down. Speaking all year of the too. Chiefs. <laughs>
0: yeah. speak Speaking of the Chiefs, they're currently leading
1: the AFC West in arrests. I just thought I'd put that one out there. Well, we, we've all made our MVP predictions, and you just mentioned the Chiefs. So I'm going to come up I want hot takes, right? This is a spicier meat to bottle of a podcast because we're going to come up with our hot, hot takes. Um, but not for the charges. I'm talking about around the NFL. I'm putting you all on the spot, so I'll, I'll go first to give you a little bit of time to think about yours, guys. But here's mine. have already got one. Here's yeah, mine. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to suck, right? I think yes. there is a shock regression from the Chiefs. I think they missed out on a lot of their first, uh, first sort of choices in the free agents market. Their, their, their choice, their, their pickups aren't going to blend as well. Mahomes, he's class, but I think he takes a little bit of a step back. Um, and, and I see them not even making... No, they'll make the playoffs. They'll sneak in as a wild card and go out one and done. That is my hot, despicy, meatball take. Was what's yours? Easy. Raiders are not going to win a game all season. <sighs> Whoa. Ooh, that is brave. Yes, that's hot. Hot, 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 hot,
3: hot. Just rubbing the salt <laughs> into the wounds. Go on, Dan. Um The MVP race will be between... The year's comeback player of the year, um, Dak Prescott and oh. Josh Allen. Okay, that's my Ooh, pick for the I like MVP. Race. Mm. I yes.
1: like it, Dan. I do. Um, John, what's
2: yours? All right, spicy hot take, and this is this is going to be pretty pretty spicy. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Justin Herbert MVP. I'm saying it now. MVP, <laughs> new offense, just wow. he's just going to throw up massive numbers, and I think the hype around him is just going to go off the charts. I think he leads him to the playoffs, um, and I think he just he gets the MVP nod because you just can't stop the the Herbert hype train.
0: John, to be fair, I think all our predictions were probably way out odds, but I, I would actually give you short odds for that. Because I think that's a, that's the most plausible suggestion that's been made out before. I don't know. Suffer more slump, <laughs> Herbert,
1: to
2: be MVP. I'd give
3: him five. I was saying, uh, yourself If you, if you, if you listen to Bez, uh, apparently
2: it it is a massively hot take because that that slump is coming.
3: So. I will say <laughs> well, this. I wonder if. No,
2: it's fine. I'm just saying, from a slump perspective, I I can see you know him having trouble repeating last year, and and I can say this for sure: he's definitely not going to win Rookie of the Year again this year. So, you know, for sure, that's not going to (laughs) happen. That's a hot take there.
3: (laughs) I was going to say, if Herbert, sorry, when Herbert becomes MVP, will he then make the cover of Madden MVP edition, or will they do what they've done this year and gone? MVP Aaron Rodgers. Let's go with Brady and Mahomes instead, and call it the MVP edition.
1: That is outrageous. Another snub for Rodgers, who uh, we all thought would be a Raider. But uh, thank, thank, well, John wanted that to happen, but it didn't. So uh, yeah, another snub for him. Outrageous.
0: You best get some hats to eat this season, unless we get to the Super Bowl and uh, badsley has got a got a fifty yard field goal to make in in Mike overtime Badchley, to win
3: MVP. It.
1: It's going to happen. Get on the train. You know, the Julio train crashed and burnt. Maybe the Badgley MVP train can get. No, it's not going to happen. None of of your trains have ever left the station, (laughs) I don't think. I just like eating hats. (laughs) Um, Right, guys, uh, any, any hot takes, anything you're going to be interested in watching into the off season? Uh, Any thoughts about the wider NFL before we wrap up? Uh, John? Yeah. uh, You
2: know, I've got a defensive hot take here. Uh, Defensive rookie of the year, Asante Samuel Jr. I think that I think that he I, I know he's I, I know he's got some you know some things to learn as a rookie, but I think, you know, he's got that hunger and that tenacity. I think he's on the right team that really is going to encourage him to be that way, to, to have a nose for the ball, have a nose for just getting involved. And I don't know, I just I, I just have this feeling that he's going to come out and he's going to surprise the league. And everyone, you know, no one's going to see him coming as the best cornerback that came out of the draft, but he is. I, I think this, I think everything's set up for him to really be big. So that's my, my defensive t- hot take of the year is ASJ, defensive rookie of the year.
1: I think that's my dream. And I think it can happen. I think if we put him in the spot to succeed, he will succeed and quickly because how excited were we? That we got him. That was right. the biggest draft win, wasn't it? I mean, since we got Manti Te'o, <laughs> seal of the draft. I don't know. I just, you know,
2: <laughs> pairing him with Chris Harris Jr. and and Derwin James, two guys who both have that kind of dog mentality. That you know, I'm gonna. It's my ball. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be, Just, I just think that that's the perfect culture for him to be in. And having a great defensive coach like Staley setting him up for success. It just, oh, I I I, I get the gooseys just thinking about it. <laughs>
1: So, was have you got any big hot takes? Anything you're watching? Anything of interest around the league that you want to talk about, or is it all Euros, Euros, Euros? Fit. For, for... Um,
0: yeah, I think I think the the NFL now sort of getting quiet and, until uh, they reconvene for the new season. Uh, just keeping an eye on the Euros, really. Um, just on that on the at bolts.com we've still got content coming in. We've now got a new sports section. Um, all four of us and Curtis. Uh, egan are all big sports fans so you you might start seeing some content on there for other sports we've got a few soccer articles on there um so you know we've all got similar interests so um yeah just check out com for, for new and fresh content and john spoiler alert john ayres is going to be publishing a an article in the next few days on his visit to the sofi I am so jealous.
2: Get
3: out! I don't even want
0: you <laughs> on the podcast. Now we just
2: need—I've
3: yeah. got esports. pictures. It'll be nice. <laughs> esports, like Damn. Pokemon, or yeah. Now, now we just need to talk esports and um, getting some non-meat sports going. Um, but no, I've—I ha- I have got a a hot take. Um, Go on then. One team of four, which I, I hate that we're part of—us, um, the Colts, the Jags, and the Cardinals will end up um, having pre-season games completely cancelled due to lack of take-up in COVID vaccines.
1: That is a very controversial hot take, you reckon? We're in the running, because Lin took it very seriously.
3: This isn't your Mark Sessler kind of, the world is going to end and the season will be cancelled because of it, but there's a chance that something could happen there.
0: Oh, Bez, we forgot to mention as well, uh,
1: Padres for the World Series, mate. It's it's all the San Diego League sports.
3: We,
0: we, we've, just our, we've just lost our, we just lost half of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do like the feistiness between the Dodgers and the uh, and the Padres Charger fans on Twitter, but it's all in good spirit. But I do have one huge question, the burning question we haven't answered this offseason for you. Each of you, and I want you all to answer in unison when I ask this question, which is the last question of this episode. It's coming home, uh, no, absolutely not. For those of you who don't know
0: what done about, it's on about, it's a soccer song, it's coming home, it's coming home, football's coming home. No, it's not. England ain't winning the Euros. You've got more chance of the Raiders winning the Super Bowl,
1: not it's Italy's.
3: It's, it's not Germany, it's just their bottom of the group. It's coming
1: home to Spain. Well, <laughs> mm, Italy for me. Do you know what hot takes? You know, you've got you two have Italy. I reckon Italy. John Ayres, <laughs> you, do you uh, from across the pond? Are you differentiating who's going to win the Euros?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, as much as I, I don't, I, I don't. I it's. I don't know the last time it's happened, but uh, I think we might see Le Bleu do it again. No,
0: it's one, one at the moment, no, we can't so. have that. We'll see. That. No. I, actually, I need I need Belgium to win because that's my sweet uh, team. I got Switzerland, team, so I'm standing to lose seventy five dollars, <laughs> and I have Italy, so I in.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant! We'll go half as best. Yeah, we will definitely <laughs> not. Um, you know, on that bombshell. You know, back to go and watching uh, Hungary jump the German, dump the Germans out of the Euros. And uh, you know, exciting off season content, get in touch. Where can you each be found? On the social
3: medias.
0: At
1: endzone eighty five and you can get us at charged up bolts
0: underscore charged up underscore bolts also.
2: As always you can get me at at airs, hashtag AudibleChocolate.
3: And you can find me at UKLA Chargers and over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash blueamolga.
1: You can find me at Bez the Spaniard ranting and raving about Spain's inability to score until they absolutely smash Slovakia today. And you can find the podcast at Charged Up Pod. Back to the Euros. Over and out.